So, last time we, we talked about prayer. That was the week before last, because last week was uh, the Christmas message. And we looked at the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, we realized that, that when we say it, it's not supposed to be so much a repetition. And that when we talk to God, particularly uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, hallowed also is a reflection of us, how we live our lives, and then give us, forgive us, and lead us were the three takeaways from 11, 12, and 13. And then we're supposed to forgive others. Now today, what I like about preaching through books or through long series is it forces the pastor to deal with subjects he may not want to deal with. It forces him to come in line with Scripture because I could do a sermon series and totally avoid sin if I didn't want to talk about it. But yet, when you go through books, you go through a long, extended period of study. I think we started the Sermon on the Mount back in September, maybe. Uh, so that's September, October, November. It's been four months. <laughs> but of course, if you're only taking two or three verses every Sunday, it, it will take a, a longer time. But last time we looked at prayer. And this time we're going to look at something that is rarely talked about. In fact, uh, John Wesley said this, some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason, and others have utterly disregarded it. So, if I were to ask you without a raise of hand, just answer the question privately, when was the last time you fasted? Well, that's because we fall in the latter category. We don't look at fasting. And so today we're going to look at fasting. One resource that I use, and I would like to probably take our Sunday school class through it at some point, uh, Dr. Richard Foster, The Celebration of the Disciplines. Uh, I read a, a good portion of his uh, thoughts on fasting. He always hooked it with scripture. But um, there's what's called the normal fast, and that's abstaining from all food but not water. That's found in Luke 4.2. That's when Jesus went off into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days. 40 days is actually a little over five weeks. Now, within the realm of physical ability, you can survive three, four, five weeks without food, but you cannot survive without water. And the scripture does not say that Jesus didn't drink water. Uh, and as we go through the fasting, I want us to realize something that you need water. Water is very vital. You can only go three days. And if you're in a desert region, you can probably only go a day without water. So when we get into this and I get some of my thoughts at the end on fasting, I want us to keep that in, keep that in mind. And then there's what's called a partial fast. This was when Daniel was in mourning. Um, and he told he wanted he was on a partial diet he restricted diet but not total abstinence so there's the normal fast there's the partial fast and then there's the absolute fast when Esther told, uh, told Mordecai 
everybody to grab all the Jews and we're going to have a fast. And this was abstained from all foods and water for an urgent response from God. Now, within this framework, many Christians, well, I think John Wesley's correct. You're either in one camp or the other. You either overdo it and you over-spiritualize it or you under-spiritualize it and never fast. And so today what we're going to look at, and then you say, well, why does fasting come on the heels of prayer? This looks like an odd place to put it. No, because fasting was considered part of prayer. So Jesus simply put these two together, prayer and fasting. So what, is, what does the Lord talk about today? First of all, he says that fasting is not for show. It, verse 16, and we look at pretending. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. The word fast, nestuo. And that means to do without food for a specific amount of time as part of a religious ceremony. And that's the actual Greek rendering there. Nesteo. And that means to do without food for a particular set period of time. And then he mentions here the word gloomy. Genomai. The word gloomy. That means sad or discouraged face. Now we have to understand here that Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. Um, <laughs> he uses the word hypocrites, which is the word hypocrite. So we read it this way. These hypocrites, these actors, we've seen that word before, actor. It's somebody who pretends as if they are on a stage. They are pretending to do something. They do it for look at me benefit to draw attention to themselves now the sad face and the discouraged face was also part of the Pharisees and when Jesus is going to rebut this in just a few minutes but let's look now at the Jewish fasting because I think you know, I, I did some time studying this week, and then at the end, I'm going to give you some of my thoughts. But um, there were public fasts. Two of these were both mandatory. One was on the Day of Atonement. The priest would tell all the people to fast, and that was mandatory. You, you, there was no options there. And then there was in times of crisis, whether it was drought, famine, disease, anything that came upon the nation, the priest or the, or the king could say, we're going to fast. And we're going to do a, a complete fast. That was a public fast. So there were times in the nation of Israel when they did these public fasts. Now these fasts would not last more than 13 days. And it corresponds with the Sabbath, which we'll get into in just a minute. But the fast would not go longer than, than 13 days. The Pharisees fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. You say, well, that sounds mechanical. Well, it was. And it was strategic. Monday and Thursday was simply picked because it did not interfere with the Sabbath. It was at least a 24-hour period between that event when they fasted. <laughs> but mostly, 
mostly it's supposed to be a private fast. So here you had basically the idea of sitting and praying. That's why Jesus connects this to our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in conjunction with fasting. Most of us just simply overlook fasting. We don't see the reason for it. We don't see the need for it. Maybe we just don't know about it. And I think that's probably where most people are. They, they know that fasting exists in the Bible, but they don't know what it's for, why it's used. And so uh, it was a time from turning from sin and God's wrath. That was the basic premise of the Jewish fast. Uh, it would be like fasting over... Uh, sorrowing for your sin so because I'm sorrowful I'm going to because I did something this week I'm going to fast this day and I'm going to recognize God and ask him to forgive me of my sin so that was the Jewish fast inherently I don't think there's anything wrong with that it is an outward sign, obviously. But there's also the element of an inward thought as well. That is that I feel sorry for my sin, therefore I'm going to fast and pray and ask God to forgive me. Our Father who art in heaven, don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from Satan, the evil one. So I don't particularly have a problem with this, other than the Monday-Thursday thing was so mechanical and the reason that they did it will be obvious here, right here, the praise of men. Now, notice what uh, Jesus says here. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. There's the key. That their fasting may be seen by others. They want people to look at them. Oh, they are so spiritual. They are so godly. Jesus, probably walking through Jerusalem at some point, saw this happening and was even told about it. Oh, you should see what the Pharisees do. They look sad. They look horrible. And they've got all this stuff on their face. Disfigured is anaphanizo. Anaphanizo. And anaphanizo means to cause to be unattractive. But I like what R.T. France wrote, and he's right. Uh, strict Pharisees fasted at least twice a week. That was Monday and Thursday. And some other times, the only other really day left is Tuesday and maybe Wednesday. Uh, twice a week and made sure that others knew it. The word disfigured literally means to make invisible. A vivid expression for making unrecognizable either by smearing with ash or dirt uh, it's kind of interesting they're they're trying to show outwardly how religious they are this has nothing to do with the heart the Pharisees would put ash and they put mud and they'd put whatever else they could to disfigure their face and to be honest with you, if you were walking down the streets of Jerusalem and you saw this, your eyes would go to it, right? Wow, that's awesome. Look at that. That guy's 